Hey there, and welcome to your pocket sailing instructor. I'm Penny Caldwell, and I have been a sailing coach for over 25 years now. I'm here to help you reach your sailing goals, whether you're looking for gear reviews, safety tips, or just some fun sailing stories. This podcast will have it all. Your Pocket Sailing Instructor is an educational and fun podcast about all things sailing. I plan on releasing weekly episodes every Thursday to help you end off your week on a high note. So grab your coffee and join me for your weekly dose of all things sailing. Hey guys, happy Thursday and hope you're having a great week. Sorry I was delinquent with uh, releasing an episode last week. I was up in the mountains doing avalanche training and just at the end of the day I was out of gas. I'm not going to lie, I was pretty tired and just ran out of time. So I apologize. My goal is to release episodes every Thursday. Missed last week, but onwards and upwards. We're going to keep plugging away here and uh, yeah, start off a whole new episode this week. So this Thursday, I am digging into trip planning. So this is going to be a little bit more geared towards kind of a day trip, not necessarily a long uh, week long or three or four day trip, but more of a quick outing, you know, what kind of things you need to bear in mind when you're heading out for the day. So uh, earlier in a couple of my other podcasts, we talked about safety gear that you need. Uh, so that was, I believe, episode two. Um, so I'm going to touch on that a little bit, but not much. So if you want to uh, dig into safety gear a little bit more, go back to episode number two at salenelson.com forward slash podcast. And uh, this week, we're going to focus on trip planning, how to create a trip plan, who to file it with, uh, what to do when you need to change your approach, all that kind of good stuff. So let's get at her. So for this episode, I have divided up uh, trip planning into five different topics or sections that we're going to talk about. So to start off, we're going to talk about the boat, then we're going to move into the crew. Uh, we're going to talk about the destination. We're going to talk about creating an alternate plan if your uh, desired destination is not available or not attainable. Uh, and we're going to talk about checking in and who to file your trip plan with. So starting off with the boat, uh, one of the things I would recommend is to either create your own trip plan document or you can download one. There are lots of different options. I will link to a few options in the show notes. Um, so go make sure you go check out the, uh, the show notes at salenelson.com forward slash podcast and you can download uh, my trip planner. But uh, with the first section of the trip plan document, this is where you can kind of pre-populate the information and leave it in there. So um, what you would do is fill in boat specifics. So type of boat, size of boat, any distinguishing features that your boat has. So for instance, my boat, sailboat, it's 27 feet white hull, white sails, pretty nondescript at this point. Uh, one of the things that kind of stands out for my boat is that I have a brown mast. 
Um, so that is something that a lot of people recognize my boat. They see the brown mast and they're like, hey, there's Spindrift. And then my phone starts exploding with texts from people saying hello, which is always fun. <laughs> um, so this first section, you know, fill in your boat details uh, and any kind of distinguishing features for your boat. So it could be, you know, if your hull is a specific color or if you always tow a dinghy behind you, you can include that. Um, maybe you have a courtesy flag or a yacht club flag insignia that you like to fly. I have a large Canadian flag that I fly off of my stern. So that's also pretty obvious. Um, so anything that will kind of help anybody who would be coming to look for you, uh, find your boat and pick your boat out of basically a group of, of other boats. Um, so for the boat, we're looking for the length, the color, the type, you could include things like, you know, your engine type and all that, but that's uh, a little less important at this point. So a couple more specific things that you can include in your boat section of your trip plan um, could include your registration number. So your uh, boat registration number could include uh, your VHF call sign and MMSI number. If you have um, an MMSI calling, digital calling on your VHF, which most boats and most VHF um, packages do now. So you can include that as well. You could include stuff like the year and the make of the vessel, but that's not really going to help anybody if they're, you know, trying to find you and come and help you. But again, this whole section of your trip plan, if you're creating a template, this can be pre-populated and, um, saved and just reused when you are doing your, the rest of your trip plan. So feel free to add as much detail as possible, but your key things, especially at this point, uh, name of the boat, hull color, distinguishing features. Those are kind of the three things that are going to help someone find your boat if you do not show up and check in at the end of your trip. I just want to take a minute to give a big shout out to my patrons. You guys are a huge support for me. You help to make these episodes possible. So thank you so much. For those of you who are not familiar with Patreon, it's a way for you to help support content creators like myself through a subscription. For as little as $3 a month, you can support my little podcast to reach many more people, and it will help me bring you new episodes every single week. Check it out today at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash your pocket sailing instructor. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash your pocket sailing instructor. One last time, patreon.com forward slash your pocket sailing instructor. And I so, so, so appreciate your support. Now let's get back to our episode. So for the second section of your trip plan, uh, we're going to talk a bit about the crew. So this is a section that will change frequently depending on uh, who you're heading out sailing with. But um, this section, what we want to do is you want to have uh, your crew names. You want to have an emergency contact name and phone number for each crew. So if um, you guys do not check in when you're supposed to, the person who is following your trip plan can contact those people and get in touch with those people as required. 
Um, so that's what you're doing. That's basically all you need to include on your trip plan. Some trip plans will include like, you know, the person's age and their gender. Um, I don't really think that stuff is really important. What's the most important thing is making sure that everyone is accounted for and that if you need to contact an emergency contact that you have that information. So part of the crew section you could also include um, your information, so the boat owner or the skipper. Uh, if that's different, you would want to have two kind of subsections there. So one section would be the boat owner information, name, address, contact, uh, telephone number, and email. And if the skipper so is different than the owner, maybe you're borrowing your friend's boat or whatever, you could have uh, a subsection there for the skipper specific information. But generally the owner tends to be the skipper. So um, so the crew section is kind of small on paper, um, but for you as the skipper of this day trip, uh, what you want to do is, you know, get your crew involved and you want to check in on how your crew is feeling and making sure that everyone's ready. So again, uh, in episode two, when I talked about safety gear, I talked about uh, creating a diagram for your boat and having the rest of the crew help out with finding things on the boat making sure that things are uh, ready to go. So you have, you know, PFDs for everyone. Your heaving line has been located. VHF is operating and in good working order. Um, you know, where are the bailers, where are the flares, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot that your crew can do to help you prepare for a trip physically when you're on the boat doing your checklist. Um, pre-departure checklist, but also um, just having an idea of how everyone is feeling. Everyone, you know, is excited for the trip. Have they brought enough layers for the trip uh, and all that kind of jazz. So that is off paper preparation for you, but uh, on paper preparation for your float plan, names, contact information, emergency contact. That's basically what you're going to want to have in your crew section of your trip plan. So the next section of your trip plan, uh, we've talked about the boat and we've talked about the crew. So let's talk a bit about where we're going. So setting up your itinerary, I'm going to touch on this um, in the next section of the podcast when I dive into more prep and what you're doing and stuff like that. But basically in this section, what you're going to be doing is listing out uh, your intended uh, destinations. Um, so you would you know, put your departure time and location, leaving from whichever marina at 9 a.m. You're planning on anchoring in Sandy Bluff Bay for lunch. So you're planning to be there around 12. After that, you're thinking of hopping over to a different island, maybe do some swimming around two o'clock. Um, so you would be listing out all of those uh, destinations where you're planning on going, You'd want to include the latitude and longitude of those destinations and a rough time of when you want to be there. Depending on where you're boating, most likely you will have uh, cell phone coverage. Um, and so you could check in, send a quick text to uh, the person who is following your trip plan. And I'm going to talk a bit more about that person in a bit. Um, but basically, this section is just kind of itemizing where you want to go when you plan on being there. Then the next section basically um, is kind of in the same same vein, but you would be 
outlining alternate destinations. So um, you might put a note there or have a subsection saying, you know, if Sandy Bluffs Bay is not available, maybe there's too many boats or maybe the wind has shifted around and it's no longer a protected anchorage, I'm going to go to blah, 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 Anchorage instead. And then if you wanted to go swimming, but you know, the weather wasn't great and you might decide instead of going swimming that you're going to go and anchor somewhere else and then maybe take your dinghy ashore and go do a little walkabout, then you could put that down as an alternate uh, plan. So again, if you do have cell phone coverage, you could be using that time to be keeping your trip planning person Uh, the person following your trip plan in the loop as far as, okay, you know, we were going to go over here, but the weather's not looking great. So instead we're going to kind of start making our way back towards town and we're going to stop off at this anchorage instead. So that way you're keeping everybody in the loop as to kind of which plan you are following. So the last section of your trip plan document would be the section that Um, provides details on what to do in case of emergency. So I have provided my trip document to my neighbor, Joe. He's got it on his fridge and he is checking in at different times with text message and keeping an eye on, you know, where we are in our progression of our trip. And then I tell Joe, you know, we're going to be back by six o'clock And if you don't hear from me by 7.30 p.m., do the following. So this is the section where you would include uh, local contacts for anybody who would be in a position to come out and help you. So out here in Nelson, we have search and rescue. Um, We also have Nelson Fire and Nelson Police. They have boats as well. And also we have BC Conservation is out on the lake as well. So the idea here in Nelson would be to call 911, report a missing boat, provide all of the information that the trip plan has outlined. So the type of boat, the color, distinguishing features, how many people are on board, where was the last known location. So you can see all of the sections here of the trip plan are coming into play. And then um, basically from there, uh, depending on who is available, so for for us specifically, who is available to come out and check on us, they would then be able to head out. They know who they're looking for and roughly where to look for us. um, And then hopefully they come out and help. So that final section of your trip plan would be instructions in case of emergency. And this would be for your neighbor, Joe, who is actively following your trip plan. So we're going to dive in and talk a little bit about Joe for a minute here. So basically what you're looking for, for someone who, um, like who's going to review your trip plan or follow along with it, you're looking for somebody who, um, basically has the time and who is going to put in the effort to, um, read your trip plan, have it handy if something goes wrong and be able to, um, basically go through those emergency procedures and instructions if needed. So if you have, you know, your, your brother, Daryl, who's a spaz who loses things all the time and doesn't really pay attention, kind of like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll help you out. And then, you know, takes the trip plan and shoves it in his back pocket and probably never to be seen again. 
probably not the kind of person that you want to give your trip plan to. So you're looking for somebody who will actively go through it, who will check in with you with a cell phone or whatever, um, and, and who will realize and notice when you don't come back and you don't check in at the end of your trip. And that's an important note too, is that when you are finished your travels for the day, be sure to close your trip plan or to notify whoever's following the trip plan that you are back home safely and everything is fine. Okay, so we have talked about the trip plan document and the sections that you want to have filled in for your document, but let's backtrack a little bit here and talk about the actual trip plan itself and what you're going to do to get organized to do that. So again, like I mentioned, this is basically a day trip, uh, potentially maybe like an overnight weekend trip but we'll just say it's kind of a day trip. So you're heading out, going to go have some fun. Um, So one of the first things that you want to do, and this is just a good habit overall, is you want to be monitoring the weather for at least a couple days before your intended trip. And the reason for that is that you are going to uh, give yourself an idea of what is potentially coming. Um, And you're also going to get an idea of whether or not um, the weather in the area is kind of typical and trending in the direction that you want to see it trending. So is it going to be nice and sunny? Are you going to have some pretty good wind? Uh, Where's the direction of the wind coming from? So this is um, a really good habit to develop as a sailor, uh, just getting used to the weather in your area. So out here in the Kootenays, again, we're surrounded by mountains um, and often the weather forecast that we pick up in the morning uh, is potentially very different by the time we get down to the marina, just based on kind of local anomalies and the topography around here and everything. So it's not uncommon um, for us to get one forecast, but when you head outside and you start looking around, it's, it's actually quite different. So depending on where you are, you might be dealing with a similar thing. Um, you know, boating back east when I was sailing on the Great Lakes and doing a lot of my um, Great Lake sailing, it's a little more um, predictable and the weather's a little more um, consistent uh, because you don't have the mountains. So you kind of have that wide open space. You can see the weather coming towards you. Um, you can see things building and dissipating and you can kind of get a better overall sense of, of what's coming towards you. Whereas out here, really, um, literally sometimes the, the weather comes over the top of the mountain and just boom, you're in it. <laughs> so you got to be quick when you're uh, out here sailing in the mountains. So uh, when you get used to your local weather patterns, you'll start to understand, you know, when is it typical for the wind to pick up during the day and when does the wind generally die down and what's the prevailing wind direction and you know what kind of um, anchorages would work well depending on the weather that you have coming in and that's just going to help you uh, really create a solid trip plan and have a good idea of where uh, you could be boating. So in some of my earlier podcasts I talked a bit about um, you know local knowledge and reaching out to other sailors and expanding your sailor network. 
Um, and one of the benefits of that is is definitely getting into some local knowledge and learning some new things uh, about your area that you're boating in now. So definitely checking your weather is very important to start doing before you head out on your trip. The next thing that you're going to want to start preparing um, is your boat. So for your boat, we're doing a few of the basic things like checking your safety gear, making sure it is where you left it, it's still in good working order, making sure you have your PFDs for everybody on board, your bilge is nice and dry. You're going to want to check things like your fuel. So figuring out what um, your fuel consumption could be uh, if you end up going further than expected or if the wind or weather changes and you end up motoring more than expected you want to make sure that you have enough fuel in your tank or spare fuel on board to get you back to where you need to go the general rule of thumb is a third of a tank out third of a tank in and a third of a tank spare so depending on uh, what kind of motor you have if you have a little outboard that has a little inboard um, fuel tank you're definitely going to want to be bringing some extra fuel with you make sure it's pre-mixed uh, that kind of stuff. So getting your boat organized, you're making sure that uh, your water tanks, if you have water tanks, those are topped up. Uh, for me, I always just grab a case of water. I know I hate plastic bottles too, but inevitably somebody forgets water bottles. And so I like to have some spares on board. I just have them um, tucked away in one of my hatches and they're kind of a, a backup they don't taste great because they've been there a while, but if you're really thirsty, I've got water for you. Um, so you're checking things like that, making sure that you have some spare clothes on board. I talked about that in one of my other episodes about uh, how people tend to show up thinking that, you know, because it's nice and sunny and warm on land, it's going to be the same on the water. And as we know, for those of us who spend a lot of time on the water, that's not always the case. So it's good to have some spare layers and clothes available for people. Um, and then you're also just checking to make sure the overall uh, condition of the boat is good, checking your sails, your rigging, that kind of thing. And a lot of these checks are, um, you know, things that you do each time you go out or you should be doing each time you go out. Um, at Sail Nelson, I have a checklist available on the website for download. And basically the checklist, I go through it kind of each time I go out on the boat. And again, like checking the weather, it just starts to develop good habits. And eventually the goal is to move all of these things from the category of your to-do list into the category of a habit. So something that you are developing good habits. So for me, as soon as I get on the boat, I generally start at the bow, work my way back aft towards the stern and I'm checking everything, my lifelines, my stanchions, my tow rails, like all that kind of stuff. And just checking to see, you know, has anything changed since the last time I've been on the boat? It really doesn't take long uh, to give your boat a good quick one over. Um, and if you've been out on the boat recently, it doesn't have to be a deep dive into all of your rigging and everything like that. You can, you're literally just checking to see if anything is amiss, if, if, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, a neighbor came by and retied something for whatever reason or whatever, you never know. Um, so just giving the, the boat a good once over is, uh, the next thing that you want to do to get yourself ready for your voyage. And then um, after that, you're going to start working on getting your crew prepared. So 
talked a little bit about having spare clothes on board. So part of that is also educating and talking to your crew, whoever you're going to have on the boat with you for the day, say, hey, you know, um, make sure that you bring some extra layers. Uh, If it's going to be sunny, you want to have a hat, you want to have good sunglasses, Um, footwear, you're going to want to talk to your crew about footwear, depending on what your boat rules are. So for me on my boat, um, I don't allow flip-flops. If you do want to, if you do show up with flip-flops, um, I prefer you go walking in barefoot. So most people will just walk around bare feet. And again, this is not for a course. This is just for going out and having fun. So, um, if we're just heading out to have some fun for the day, barefoot, if you want to wear runners, runners are great. Uh, or three strap sandals so that they don't move around on you. Um, but yeah, it, it tends, um, it can be a bit tricky for new people sometimes to be walking around on the boat. So um, just having that extra layer of wearing flip-flops on a boat is is not a great combination. Uh, so I would definitely recommend talking to them a little bit about clothing, um, you know, making sure that they have some layers, bathing suit, shorts, hat, sunscreen, sweatshirts for when it gets cooler, all that kind of stuff. And then you guys can figure out um, snacks and food. I always try to bring extra and that's just kind of me in, on, in a nutshell, whether I'm skiing or boating or biking or whatever. Um, I've just gotten in the habit of having granola bars and stuff on me all the time because when the kids get hungry, they get hangry pretty quick. And I think actually adults are probably worse at getting hangry. So, uh, just making sure that you have lots of snacks on board. Um, yeah. And, and just kind of discussing all of that with your crew, making sure that everybody's feeling good, feeling ready. Um, I will talk about seasickness, uh, in another episode, so I won't touch on that too much, but you could also discuss a bit about, um, motion sickness with people just to check in and give yourself an idea of what you could potentially be dealing with. Uh, if you do have somebody who tends to, uh, lean towards feeling a little bit greenish around the gills when, uh, the ground starts moving under them. So something to consider as well. So I want to talk a little bit about best practices as far as checking in with your, uh, trip person. So we've got neighbor Joe. Neighbor Joe is keeping an eye on my trip plan for me. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about best practices with keeping in touch with my neighbor Joe. So if you decide that you are going to check in every two hours with neighbor Joe, um, try to do that as punctually as possible. Obviously things can uh, change at times, but uh, definitely if you say that you're going to check in, check in. What you also want to do is set up a bit of a buffer on either side of that two hours and say, you know, I might be 15, 20 minutes ahead of schedule, behind schedule, Um, you know, so give yourself a little bit of leeway there. But if you say that you're going to check in every two hours, make an effort to check in every two hours so that they know that you're safe and sound. There's nothing worse than worrying about somebody. Um, And also when it comes to closing off your trip plan, so when you get back on shore, back to the marina, uh, you're going to let them know that you are back safely and everything is fine. Uh, Same idea. Give yourself a little bit of a window on either side of that time to let them know that you've arrived and um, 
you know, give them also maybe a drop dead time in your emergency section uh, of your trip plan, what to do in case you don't check in. So you would say, you know, I plan on being back by 6 p.m. If you don't hear from me by 10 p.m., contact emergency services, initiate project, save us or whatever you want to call it. So, um, you know, try to be consistent with checking in. Uh, these, this person, whoever they are, you know, they're, they're doing you a favor and they're keeping track of things, hopefully. And uh, they want to make sure that you come home safe and sound. So along those lines, we'll take a look at and talk a little bit about what to do if uh, things go wrong or what to do if you can't stick to your original plan. So um, I'm not going to get too much into emergency situations because We could definitely do a deep dive in those (laughs) at another time, but um, let's say that you are heading out and, you know, you said you would check in with neighbor Joe and maybe your phone died. So your next best bet would be to use the phone of somebody else on the boat. Hopefully you've got some backups or charge up your phone. Hopefully you have um, like a little solar charger. I have a solar charger on my phone my boat so that I can charge up phones and devices as needed. Um, And worst case scenario, you could use your VHF radio to contact someone locally uh, to give them Joe's name and phone number to say, hey, I need to check in, doing my check-in, my cell phone has died, we are at blah, 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 wherever you plan to be. We will check in again uh, in two hours via the same person. Maybe you'll stay in that area um, and contact them again that way. But ideally, you've planned um, for this and you have charged your phone. You have a remote charger available, either solar power or whatever backup battery. um, And so you don't end up in that situation. Um, And then the other thing that could change, and again, we've already accounted for this in our trip plan, if the weather changes... Hopefully you've been keeping an eye on the radar and you're aware that the change is happening, but sometimes things things come up. Um, so if the weather has changed or you've had to change your plans, again, maybe crew sickness or illness, you've had to alter your plans. Again, reach out to neighbor Joe, let them know that, you know, we have had to change our plans and instead we're heading to this marina or, or whatever. Um, so try to give a little bit of flexibility in your plan and flexibility in the timing of where you plan to be, uh, your destinations and everything so that you can account for some unexpected little things. And it could even be something simple like the anchorage that you picked for the first, you know, stop was amazing. And you decided we're just going to stay here and we're going to swim, go to shore, explore, whatever. That happens to the number of times I've taken the kids and gone on a a weekend trip and I plan on getting to, you know, point A and I've have three or four stops along the way and I end up at my second stop and I just stay there for the rest of the weekend. So I don't end up getting as far as I want sometimes, but um, as long as we're having fun, that's all that matters, right? But just try to account for that in your trip plan and try to let Joe know that everything will be good. And then that way they can make sure that you are safe and sound. All right, so I'm going to start wrapping it up here uh, because I think I've talked enough about trip planning. And again, this is kind of day trip planning. Um, So basically, key takeaways, 
um, get yourself a trip plan form or, you know, a word document or some form um, of communication that you can use to fill in and create a trip plan. Um, the more information that you can just copy over time from time and time again, it, it'd be easier for you. So there are some different apps that I'm going to link to um, as well in the show notes. Um, and there's some apps that you can use. You fill in your boat information and then you just kind of plug and play your destinations and stuff. So it creates a trip plan uh, for you that you can then text over to somebody. So that is really convenient. Um, but basically you're checking your boat, making sure your boat's ready, checking your crew, make sure your crew's ready, checking that weather, making sure that the weather is going to cooperate. Uh, you've got all your gear sorted out. So you have a bit of variety there for any changes in weather. And, um, basically you've also got some variety as far as destinations, if things change and make sure you're keeping in in uh, communication with Joe. So if anything goes on and you need to get a hold of Joe, you've got that all sorted out as well. And other than that, if you've got all those bases covered, you're going to head out and you're going to have an amazing time. And you'll hopefully explore some new places that you can add to your to your tools and your destinations. So the next time you do your next trip plan, uh, you've got that new spot that you can go to. And the last thing that I'll mention too, one of the things that I like to do after my trip is I just kind of take my trip plan. I jot down a few notes about, you know, what, what did I really enjoy? What didn't I enjoy? Would I go back? How would I do it differently? Just kind of a little bit of a debrief. Um, and you know, keep that in your log book and your boat log. And then you start to have a bit of a history. You can even have a guest book on board. People can sign in and let, you know, let you know what they thought of their day out on the water and you, know, you can have all kinds of fun with it. So make sure you cover off those safety bases, but make sure that you have a lot of fun too. So All right, so I'm going to end this week's episode there. I hope you found it helpful and you can head over to sailnelson.com forward slash podcast for the show notes. And I'm going to have links to trip planning documents and the apps that I was talking about there um, on the webpage. And uh, next week, I'm actually going to, I'm going to push the Maritime Mystery uh, edition to February because I'm still doing a bit of research on that one. Uh, but next week, we're going to talk about uh, boat fails. And we're going to talk about overcoming boat fails and what to do when you go out and have some sort of boat fail or sail fail and then you start to lose your confidence. So we're going to talk a bit about that next week, different strategies and tips that uh, you can use to get your confidence back, get out there, and have some more fun, learn from it, and move on. So hope you guys have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you next week.